I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everybody everywhere, praise God. Thank you for joining us. And we are so thrilled that you are here from all over the world. We've had people contact us from Brazil and from Australia and from (laughs) just just all over the place. And it's a a wonderful, wonderful thing that the, the Lord has put all of these tools in the earth and available to get his word of victory out all over the earth. Praise God. It's a it's a marvelous thing in, in our eyes. Welcome to the Covenant Living broadcast this week. This is uh, my better half and far prettier, <laughs> Lynn Weeder, and my name's David Weeder, and we appreciate you joining us. Now, if you're new around here, you know this is just a Bible study where you just make your cup of coffee and you pull up your chair and you get your Bible and notebook because we're going to get into some things. We've been talking for the last several weeks about words and images and the strategy that the devil has used throughout time (laughs) to bring great fear into people's lives. And as you know, if you've been with us, fear and faith are the same spiritual force. So, If Satan can bring great fear into someone's life, then he can bring great manifestations of stealing, killing, and destroying into people's lives. It's just that simple. Just as faith in the Word of God will bring good things and peace and and health into people's lives, great fear will bring the things of the devil poverty and and sickness and disease and death and and anxiety into people's lives. And so the the Holy Spirit has been so gracious and it's just helped us so much over the last several broadcasts in unwrapping that. And we've looked at examples in for in in first Samuel with David and Goliath on how he was able to paralyze a nation. Mm-hmm. You know? And then we also looked at how David delivered the nation because he had an image of the word of God is what he was seeing and what he was hearing. And we went, we went through all of that. And we went back and we, we, we looked at an example in Numbers 13 about the children of Israel and the promised land and how, how the devil attempted to keep them out of the promised land and did, successfully did it for a while until they actually did what the word said. And they, they, Joshua and Caleb were able to build up and went ahead and get rid of all that people that refused to get the right image and the right words in their mind. And they had to bring up a new generation. Then they went in. Then they found out that, the, the, hey, way back when, when they were supposed to go in, <laughs> the Lord had already provided the way for them, and the people within those giants that they were so scared of were scared silly of them. Well, and that's what, at one point, we talked a little bit about the children of Israel saying, We looked like grasshoppers to them, and we looked like grasshoppers in our own sight. Well, 
According to Rahab, they didn't look like grasshoppers to them. Yeah, they were scared spitless. So that had to do with their imagination, most likely. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where that colloquialism came from, scared spitless, but it applied to those giants, apparently, because Rahab said their hearts melted. So anyway, so we looked at that, and we looked at the principle that we you can actually see the principle in action, and God said exactly what it was in, in uh, Genesis chapter 11. We examined that. We looked at some different things where where that principle was concerned. And then last week, we started looking at the solution. <laughs> now, that, now that the Holy Spirit unwrapped the strategy of the devil, what are we going to do about it? And uh, so we looked at the first step in that process, and that is to create a word image. So let's, let's look again at, at Proverbs chapter 4. Now, I think this is, is just so cool of the Lord. At the top of this, and I'm looking at it in the Bible app in my in my iPad here, and at the top of the psalm, or the top of the chapter in Proverbs chapter four, it says, "A father's instruction." Well, the father's instruction says, starting in verse twenty, "My son, attend to my words; incline thine ear unto my sayings; let them not depart from thine eyes." Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Well, where do you think Solomon learned that other than just God? He learned it from his daddy, David, because he kept the word in his ears. He kept it before his eyes. And therefore, he knew in that valley where he faced Goliath. Go back and read 1 Samuel 17. It took place in a valley. He knew in that valley that the Lord is his shepherd. He shall not want. And though he walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will fear no evil, for his God is the biggest thing in that valley, much bigger than Goliath. That's basically just the synopsis of that. <laughs> and so David had that image before his eyes. He kept the word before his eyes. Solomon learned it. Solomon's teaching it to his kids. We're teaching it to you. <laughs> keep the word image. Develop the word image and keep it in place. Now, step two. Step two is, even though you're developing the word image, Satan is a, just a, the same old <clears throat> something or another... <laughs> That he's always been, and he'll try to, that's the only thing he's got is thoughts. That's the only thing he can do is try to introduce a thought, okay? So there will be these thoughts come to you. What can you do about them? Well, Brother Hagen used to say, you know, thoughts are like birds. You, you know, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest in your, in your, in your hair. So what are you going to do about them? Well, praise God, he gave us the answer in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So let's look over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we'll start reading in uh, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare. Now, we're not going to go into them. We don't have time to go all through them, but you can find those over in Ephesians chapter 6. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, what strongholds are you talking about there, Paul? Casting down imaginations. Casting down those images that Satan tries to bring with the thoughts. Mm -hmm. The images of lack. Mm 
the images of not being able to pay for your gas and your rent at the same time, let alone put food in your baby's mouths. Those images that you're seeing, the images of sickness and disease, the images of, you know, when, when, when COVID was a, just a huge issue uh, over the last few years, people would have images because the media would put images of people in dying in hospital beds. And, and they would insert their face exactly, into that image. Exactly. And that was the image that they would just went on loop. Or a loved one. Or yeah. Yeah, or something. But they would, your imagination, casting down imaginations, your imagination put you or your loved one or your baby or your husband or your wife or whatever in that image, and that's what you were seeing all the time. That is what this verse is talking about. Casting down those imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, you never know what God wants to do. Yes, you do. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You can know God intimately right here. And as you develop your knowledge of the Word, then anything, any thought, any imagination that tries to exalt itself, tries to raise itself to a higher place than what the Word says, you got the immediate answer. You cast that thing down and bring every thought, not just every other thought, not just one a day, every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then listen to this, listen to the way he words this. Having in a readiness to revenge, you know, hey, the Bible doesn't talk too much about us having the attitude of revenge. You know, he even says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But here we are told to revenge all disobedience. What disobedience? He just got done saying, bring every thought into obedience. So if it's disobedience, it's disobedience of thought. It's pretty simple. <laughs> but here's the thing. We can say cast down that imagination, yep. but it doesn't do you any good if you don't know how to cast down that imagination. That's exactly right. And you can't do it fighting thoughts with thoughts. Because, you, you, you know, it's like, I'm going to think. And then the next thing you know, you're thinking about the image that you just had. But you can do it with words. And, it, you know, it's <laughs> my spiritual father gave. Now you, but you have to make a decision that you are going to do it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that's the first step. You see you see it in the Word, cast down imagination, stuff like that. Your first step is to decide, that, yeah, I'm going to do that. And to decide that is a bad thought. Yeah. And that well, you have a choice about it's it. It's against the Word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you, yeah, you choose your words and you have a choice on what you do as well. And so the uh, great example, and I'll just use you as them because okay. I can't hear them. Right. <laughs> But hey, you got to make the decision to do this. Now you do it right where you are, okay? Do it. Hey, do it, okay? Now, in your mind, with your thoughts, not saying it out loud, just with your thoughts, start counting from zero to 10 right now. Now tell me your name. Lynn. Now, without estimating where you probably would be, <laughs> what happened to your counting? It goes away. It goes away. 
your words supersede your thoughts. Hey, we've been studying it for weeks. Words bring faith, but your thoughts and your images amplify it. And now the practical side of that is when those thoughts come up, there's times that you are in public. And so you may not say it loudly, but again, that murmuring mm -hmm. that, nope, I'm not going to do that. Nope. I am you. You can do it quieter than I just did it and still reinforce that. You may have to go around saying that all day long for several days, but then you're building that fortress in yourself of, nope, I'm the healed, I'm prosperous, mm -hmm. I'm healthy, I'm happy, I can help others. And you build that up in yourself so that those thoughts don't come as frequently. Mm -hmm. And they'll get less and they'll get less and they'll get less. They'll still be there because we still have input. There's times that you pull up to the gas and go, oh my goodness, I just paid $100 for gas. <laughs> but my God supplies there what you I go. need. And you take it from there. And there'll be those split seconds. There'll be that, <clears throat> oh, no, I am the heel. I am whole. Well, and I was just going <laughs> to, you, you led right into it. I know. <laughs> I was, there, there was a, a perfect illustration of this, and the, the testimony itself is really long, but this first part of it is what I want to talk to you about this instant. Years ago, last time I was really sick was, I don't remember what year it was, but anyway, it was quite a few years ago. But the incident I remember very well, we were at a meeting, and a lot of people around me were, were coming down with upper respiratory issues and sinus and cough and fever and all that kind of stuff. And I had the thought, which is not a normal thought process for me. I just don't normally just think this way. But I had the thought, you better keep your distance because you don't want to get sick from this. Now, the Bible says that Jesus answered the fig tree. That means mm -hmm. the fig tree talked to him. It said, you ain't getting no fruit here today. And Jesus answered it. Well, I had the thought that said, you better keep your distance. You don't want to get sick. And I heard the answer right for that thought right down in here. I heard it. And I started to say it. And what the answer was is, no, it's impossible for me to get sick. And I started to say it. And there was another thought that came that said, well, that's just pretty arrogant. And I didn't say it. It did not come out of my mouth. I, I've been raised since five years old hearing about who you are in Christ Jesus, who God's made you to be. You are the righteousness of God. You have the his ability, his name, his blood, his everything that you need. You wouldn't have thought it would have been a difficult thing, but no, I, I just, I started to say it. The thought came, that's too, that's arrogant, and I didn't say it. Well, within a matter of just a few hours, I was sicker than a dog, man. And I realized what happened. Didn't take my lightning quick, my, my lightning fast mind that quick to pick up on it. And I repented. And I said, now look, according to 1 Peter 2.24, I'm healed. I was healed 2,000 years ago, and I am healed right now from this thing. And in a little while, it was gone. And then there's a whole other part of that testimony I'm not going into. But the thing is, you, you I had to say it, and I didn't say mm -hmm. it. But the words will dominate the thought and cast it down. If I would have said that, no, it's impossible for me to be sick. Based on the word, 
and in Christ, who I am in Christ, then it would have cast down that imagination of you better keep your distance or you're going to get sick. And so that's a, a perfect example of just what you were talking about as well. well. You talk to the gas pumps. And recently in our own lives, we've had a lot of opportunities to be worried about something or to be concerned is how we typically say it so that we're not trying to make it. Yeah, trying to make it sound better. (laughs) And in the middle of the night is when I was being challenged. And if I just woke up because I was thirsty or needed to use the restroom Mm. or whatever in the middle of the night, then as I was laying there going back to sleep, those thoughts would start coming. And it's not unusual for us to go to sleep listening to a sermon or something. And so I made it then where I just kept it going all night long because I could make my mind focus on that sermon that was playing. Yeah, absolutely. And I kept it going all night long. And actually, the last few nights I had it going, but I went back to sleep so quickly I couldn't even tell you what was playing. Mm -hmm. But it was me refocusing and in that incident, I didn't necessarily always speak up and say something, but I forced my mind to think about the word. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, praise God. This you see in it. You 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 put in the pieces the A plus B plus C. You, you see in the the system. Step one, you create the image of the word. You do that by staying in the word, listening to these messages like this, building that word image. Okay. Step two, you cast down the imaginations. What imagination? Any imagination that is different from the word image that you built in step one. Okay. Then step three, turn to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Actually, would you pull this up in the classic amplifier? Yes. Um, uh, Philippians chapter four. Now we've got the we've we've we're building the image of the word. We're casting down every imagination and thought that doesn't agree with the image that we're developed in in step one. Now, Philippians chapter four, and let's start in verse six. Be careful for nothing. Be worried about no thing. That's just what she was talking about. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, If you're going to have any virtue or excellence or power, and if there's going to be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, go back up to verse 6, and Lynn's going to read that first part of verse 6 in the Amplified, just in case you're not sure about this be careful for nothing thing. (laughs) Do not fret or have anxiety, any anxiety about anything. That's pretty all-inclusive. You can't get out of that. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, don't fret or have any, not just a little, don't have any anxiety about some things. No, about anything. Don't have any anxiety about anything. Well, what am I supposed to think about? Well, that's what this, these mm. next verses are about. Mm. Finally, my brother, whatsoever things are true, the word is truth. Thy word is truth. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of good report. Look, okay, so you don't have to be thinking scripture all the time, but make sure it's lovely. I mean, hey, we just had a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful family vacation. We got to have a few days. We went to the mountains. We had a good time. We went tubing and, and hiking and eating. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> went to a rodeo and had Those a were wonderful. fun. Those, Those were, were lovely. Good. They were good. They were good reports. Hey, think on those things. Use your words. I will think on these things. And focus like she did. Hey, all those selfies come in for a reason. <laughs> Images. Hey, take a lot of family vacation pictures <laughs> and use them. Go Let's back. Look oh, at that them. was so fun. That was, exactly. Those those times and those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Think on the word. Yes, absolutely. But you don't have to think, be sitting there and think, okay, James 2, 15. Hey, hey, think on good things. Happy thoughts. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. These are the things that you think on. You meditate on, put work, talk to them, talk, talk about them. Hey, you remember when we went up so-and-so and we had, we went, hey, do you remember that person at the rodeo and they did this and that and the other? Hey, talk about it, enjoy it, have fun, think on these things. And then the God of peace shall be with you. And hey, it said the peace that passes all understanding. There can be all hell breaking loose all around you so that it makes no sense whatsoever why you should be at peace. But you can't be. <laughs> you can't be. You don't have to understand why. Press into the principle. Press into the words in the images. And then the last part of that, hey, you didn't let that get away from you, did you? Now look, the last part of that is those things which you have received learned, heard, seen, talking about the word, do. Two little letters, <laughs> D-O, do it. And then the God of peace. It's not good enough, it's not good enough just to just yeah. talk about slinging the stone. You gotta sling the stone. Mm -hmm. you, gotta, you can't talk about going into the promised land. You gotta go possess it. Well, and you can't say, you know, I think we should do this and then not do it. Yeah. Plans without execution get you nowhere. But the Bible actually says in James chapter one that if you're not a doer of the word, you deceive yourself. You have to do. You can't just think about and talk. You also have to follow that up with corresponding action as the way with translation puts it. Praise God, this has been, this has been a fun study. 
Mm-hmm. It's been, it's, uh, I, I told it, I said it at the back of the, at the beginning of the, of the broadcasts, these four broadcasts that we did on this, this came from praying over a partner letter and it just, I sat down and just, there it was. <laughs> and uh, it was, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing when the Holy Spirit just unwraps a strategy of the devil, lets you know what it is so that you can be on the lookout for it and then supplies the answer on how to fix it. And uh, so anyway, hey. I don't know if you had fun, but we sure did. But hey, we're not done yet. Hey, this broadcast is not over yet. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan Weeder, and uh, you just heard an amazing message today, a message of faith, a message of the the gospel, Jesus. And uh, we wanted to give an opportunity for you today that if you feel it on your heart to to give, to do so. Open your Bibles with me here today. In, uh, to the book of Philippians, in chapter 4, we'll be starting in verse 15. It says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account." Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things you sent to me, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that's what happens when you give. When you give to the gospel, it is a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. As it says here, It's at the very beginning, it's the sharing and the spreading of the gospel, touching lives, touching hearts, just being a blessing and sharing the good news of Jesus to others. And in response, God provides. It's seed time and harvest, giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. And today we want to give you that opportunity in doing so, in giving and donating to the spread of the gospel here the spread of the Word, teaching faith and blessings. And in response, God has abundance abounding toward you, supplying all your need. And again, it is that sweet-smelling aroma. It is sharing the gospel. And we want to thank you for doing so, for giving, for donating, touching lives through this donation and this offering. And we do appreciate it. We thank you for it. And say it with me. Jesus is Lord. Hey, one other thing I want to draw your attention to on sowing. Um, there in Galatians, you know, chapter 5, it talks about whatsoever a man sows into, do not be deceived, that will they also reap. And a lot of people, a lot of, I've heard a lot of people say, well, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean material things and, and money and houses and, you know, and all those things. Well, um, Turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 6 real quick. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world. Make sure you have the image of that being you in your mind. That Because, hey, it says in this world. Well, Jesus very plainly said we're not of the world, but we are in it. So you qualify for this. Uh, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who gives us richly all things, things, 
to enjoy. Things, T-H-I-N-G-S, things. He gives us things. Just wanted to settle that for you in case there was any question in your thought processes. Why does he give us things? Because he loves you and he is never against you. He's always, always for you. Lynn and I love you and Jesus is Lord. Thank you partners and friends for helping make this broadcast possible. For more information about our ministry, contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380.